welcome to the Kakoa Collective Mindful Living Podcast. Tonight we have a very special guest. Um, his name is John. Uh, John, again, I'm not going to mess up your last name because it's a little tricky for, for me to pronounce, but if you could help us on that. So it's uh, Maka Loloi. Broken down a little bit slower there. It's Maka Loloi. Maka, Maka Lolo Oi. Yeah. I got okay. that. Right. Macadamia nut. Lolo. Lolo. Yeah, Lolo crazy. Yeah. 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 Maka Lolo Oi. I got you. Maka yeah. Lolo Oi. A little crazy oi. sometimes. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's right. good. Hey, John, welcome to uh, the Kikoa family, man. Oh, thank you, man. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be a part of the family. Yeah. Anyway, how long have we known each other now? Less than a week. <laughs> Less than a week. I think today is Thursday. Yeah. On Saturday. So, yeah. Definitely less than a week, but the vibes are good, man. Like you just know, okay, just know right away. All right. So anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little bit of how I met John. Um, wait, 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 real quick. Yeah. Hi, Brett. I love uh, you, Brett. I love <laughs> you, Brett. Check this out, folks. I didn't get into the subject tonight's show. Like we kind of got a little ahead of ourselves, but tonight we're kind of working on uh, the journey of self discovery, and John's gonna take us through his self discovery. He's actually written a book called Exit the Dragon. So that's where we're going to go from this. But Dewey, please let us know how you met John and we'll kind of go from there. Thanks, Brett. (laughs) 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 That's why I need you around because my ADD brain will, will, you know, take us all over goddamn the universe and back. And that's why I I need people like Brett in my life and I love you for it. Anyway, so, so this whole thing, you know, like I say, it's like all... Like a giant serendipity, you know. And um, anyway, so I think on Thursday, I think Thursday last week, I think. What day is today? Today is Thursday. So Saturday is when I flew into Oahu. Okay, Saturday. I saw you Saturday. Saw me on Saturday. Yeah. So I think Saturday afternoon, I I went for a serve, came in, starving. Sure enough, James, Busan, go, hey, these are friends of Archie. They just came in um, and, you know, they want to meet you guys and... I pull up and I'm like starving and we have planned to go eat ramen. And I go, what are you guys doing? He goes, blah, blah. I don't remember what the hell you said. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead, John. Yeah, I said, Catch a Fire concert. We, we actually just flew in uh, when we got in our rental car on the radio. We heard that Catch a Fire was playing and uh, it's my favorite band, like me and my wife, actually. So our plan was to go to Catch a Fire concert and uh, we stopped by Keikoa first. And so our plan was to actually leave. But uh, Dewey came in, super high energy, and was like, listen, this is the best Super ramen. hungry. <laughs> yeah, this is the best ramen on the island. Like, you need to come with us. Like, if you don't come with us, like, you're missing out. So I looked at my wife, and we're the type to kind of just go with the flow. And like, you know what? We're going to go. And uh, there'll still be tickets for us. We'll still get to see Catch a Fire. But, like, let's just let's just see where this takes us. And how, how is the ramen? The ramen was delicious, actually. Okay, so yeah. 1 to 10, how good was the ramen? Uh, you know... I would you say, had batter? You say you had batter? Um, I would say it's like an eight or nine for sure. Okay. I, I, but I don't know if I've ever had a 10 ramen. Okay. I don't think I've ever okay. had a ramen where I'm like, oh my God, this yeah. is the best ramen in the world. You know, some people go to places and yeah. wherever they eat, this is like, oh, this is the best <laughs> French toast I've ever had. Yeah. Have you been this, to Japan? I have been to Japan. I've had some really good ramen out there. And not a 10 yet, huh? Not, not a 10 just because, you know, like I'm not a millionaire. I, I can't afford that really expensive ramen. So yeah. I just go to the street food ramen. But it's yeah. still really delicious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so so we had ramen together, and uh, I'm gonna start talking to get to know John. And John's told me that you know him and his wife been traveling for last I don't know sixteen thousand months. Oh no, you know, for no, all, no. For all just, the, three. just three. All, all these countries, and 
long, and he wrote a book, and uh, and right away I'm like, you know, my ears are like wide open, and um, so we started talking, and so he 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 kind of told me a little bit about how a tragedy that happened in his life in his twenties, I believe, yeah, and uh, because of that, t- looking back now in his old age of thirty, what? 34. 34. <laughs> and he realized, wow, that was the best thing ever happened to me because, you know, tipping point, right? So, For sure. So, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm always asking people, you know, because I think I look back at my own life, always a, there's an instrumental tipping point in most of our life. And every single one of those tipping points, it propel us to, A, towards our own personal truth, or it doesn't. <laughs> So it's one or the other, you know, and, and to me, two tipping point is getting closer and closer to your truth. And those are very profound. I'll call those aha moments. And, and when I heard that happen to you, I was like fascinated. So, so I kind of poke your brains a little bit. We can talk a little bit yeah. you know, at, at dinner. I call Brett right away. go, Brett, uh, we're going to switch guests this week. You know, John's leaving soon. So we've got to bring John back on to show this this whole journey of his. So, um, dude, that take us to, I, I, I kind of, I think it's kind of important for audience to know how do you connect to Kiko in the first place? Cause I think that's alone itself is kind of fucking voodoo shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So no, go really. Go, okay. Go, go, so, go. so here's a little spark note version. I actually don't know how I stumbled on, Keikoa itself on Instagram. Maybe it's the jujitsu pages that I followed or because mutual friends or whatnot. But for whatever reason, I started following Keikoa. And uh, I really liked the message that they were putting out. Uh, you know, a lot of people scroll through social media and like they're really fast. They're just like swiping through stuff, double tap, swipe, double tap, double tap, double tap. And they're just like looking at pictures. And a lot of people don't take the time to read what the actual caption or comment is. And I was kind of taken back by a lot of the things that they were saying because they were people that I also followed. You know, quotes by Don Miguel Ruiz or talking about the mindfulness and the connection and whatnot. And so one day, instead of just liking the photo, I decided to make a comment on it. And then someone else commented on it and but like replied to me and was like, John, is that you? And so obviously I clicked on the profile to see who it was. And I realized it was my friend Archie who... I hadn't seen in a decade and he was actually younger than me. So I actually hadn't spent too much time with him in particular, uh, but I had wrestled with his sister in middle school. I believe Archie's two, two years younger than me. I'm, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, so I reached out to him and we were kind of just talking and we connected and he was telling me like, you know, that he'd been following my page and what I was doing. I was releasing a lot of um, lead up to the book and I was doing a lot of promotional material and, inspirational stuff and he actually had said like man like if you ever like come out to Hawaii like you should do something over here and I had just published a book before I went on this three-month travel but I was really busy it was a crazy time a lot of chaos in my life of trying to like figure out how to get this done how to get this out and uh, I just didn't have time and I was like you know maybe we'll connect later and then it happened to be on this trip you know, and I believe Archie just flew in today, right? Yeah. So, so uh, for those who I know, guarantee if you guys are listening, you have no idea who Archie is. But <laughs> so let me fill you in a little bit about Archie. Um, Aubrey decided to to start his new life with his wife in Orange County, and also kind of beginning to set up like a little office in um, 
in Orange County. So he was his job was kind of find his replacement. So sure enough, he he comes and train all the time um, at Island Jiu Jitsu, and he ran to this long hair, looked like Mowgli Tarzan guy. <laughs> fucking beast on a mat like oh my he came back and he goes I think I found our, our, our guy I trust Aubrey with one thing he knows is this for sure he knows who we are and he knows what we need Archie came on board and sure enough I think Archie said 10 words the first week and maybe 20 words the second week <laughs> <laughs> but but for those who um, so Archie's here Archie's our partner in the business and he's he's uh Aubrey replacement. I mean, he's an integral part of the of Kakoa when, you know, Dewey's not here. He's holding down the fort um, and just taking the bull by the reins and uh, or by the horns, I should say. Yeah. And uh, really, like, he runs the company really well. <laughs> yeah, he runs yeah. the store really yeah, well. He's, yeah. a, he's a good guy. So Archie, yeah. uh, Archie's a legend. And so anyway, so he's he's in um, first trip to Bali. So he's he's um, he, he's on his way back today. So he's here. Um, he arrived this morning around 8 a.m. So anyway, so that's how the connection between um, John, John and Archie Archie and Kikoa back yeah. here we are. So number one, give us a little bit of your background, like your, your, your upbringing, brother, sister, mom and dad, married, divorced. Kind okay. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a Filipino descent, born in California, born and raised in the Bay Area. Both of my parents were born in the Philippines, immigrated at a young age. Uh, my dad was 17. I think my mom was in her early 20s. They met in California. So first generation immigrant. I have one brother who is 11 years older than I am. Uh, so it was almost like two only children. Uh, wow, yeah. Yeah, and uh, even though we have the same parents, my parents are still together, happily married for over 40 years. But uh, we, we grew up in different households because uh, my dad uh, got clean and sober when I was around 11, 12 years old. Okay. So his perspective on life had changed and the way he viewed things. And so the way my upbringing was for my brother was a little bit different. Mm. You know, also being the second child and, you know, you figure things out, you make some mistakes and whatnot. So, yeah, my parents are still happily married. They live in the Bay Area and in Union City. Uh, same with my brother. My brother lives in Union City. He runs a martial arts school. Uh, he's had that martial arts school, the Dragons Den, since 1997. And, and is it a karate, aikido, so, jiu-jitsu? Uh, well, actually, yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Um, it started in 97 in my parents' garage. Uh, my brother just taught kajukembo, which is a Hawaiian martial art, right? Yeah. Full circle coming back. Now we're having this podcast in Hawaii. Uh, that was the first martial art that I had studied. So my brother just taught at my parents' garage. And as the dojo grew and we moved, we started adding other elements, um, wrestling, boxing. Uh, both my brother and I grew up wrestling. So that was the next class that was added. And then boxing, uh, Filipino martial arts, Eskrima, Kali, things like that. I had moved away to college in San Diego and I started studying Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. So when I moved back home, started adding that to the program. So it's a it's an MMA gym, but not focused on fighters. Yeah, focused yeah. more on just martial arts and, yeah, yeah. and and being a martial artist. So you grew up learning like martial art. Yeah. As soon as you knew how to walk. As soon as Did I you, knew how to yeah. walk. Wow. I mean, like the the running okay. the running joke is like I knew how to punch and kick before I could actually say the words punch and kick. <laughs> you know, my my brother's eleven years older than I am. He was already like a black belt, winning karate tournaments, state tournaments. Uh, my dad and my uncles boxed in the Philippines. Uh, my uncle was like 
I don't know, 27 or 28 and one with like 20 knockouts, like amateur boxing. Mm -hmm. My grandfather boxed, like a lot of my cousins wrestled. They also did martial arts. I'm the baby of the family, like on both sides, mom and dad. So like I grew up as like everybody was already doing it. So I was kind of just born into this lifestyle. So, I, you know, I the war- yeah, that the warrior genes yeah. is, in, is in the family tree. For sure, for right? sure. Got it. So w- was it um almost lonely somewhat? Because like your, your brother was 11. You're like, you know, you're almost like an only child almost, right? Because there's a big gap difference yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely was like an only child. I wouldn't say it was necessarily lonely. I had a lot of family. Uh, I guess being Filipino, like you just just an abundance of family. My mom has thirteen brothers and sisters. Um, my dad has seven. So like on my mom's side, I'm I'm literally number fifty two of fifty two first cousins. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, the generation is crazy. So like my oldest cousin is like thirty five years older than me. You know, like it's, it's almost like they're my uncles. You know, um, so that's kind of I grew up in the second generation. Like there's a lot of overlap. I feel like I'm a hybrid. You know, like. With the second generation immigrants, like I grew up with them age-wise, uh, but bloodline, I'm 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 of an older generation, so I de- I didn't feel lonely. My brother taught me martial arts growing up. He was also my wrestling coach in middle school, so he was still in my life, um, right. but obviously a lot older. Right, 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 and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, you're like the young protege kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. I felt like I definitely felt like. In the story that I was telling myself in my head of who I was and who I was supposed to be, my destiny was to carry the family name. Ah, okay. I'm the one to carry the name. And and so now to talk about the name, I was actually born McCloy, not McAlloy. The family name is McAlloy, but when my dad moved to the States, uh, my uncle was, I think, living actually in Hawaii at the time. He was stationed here. He was in the Navy. Eventually, he moved to San Diego and then the Bay Area. But he was very American. I mean, I just remember growing up and seeing my Uncle Mac, and he had this huge eagle on his chest. He just wanted to be American, <laughs> right? And uh, when he came here to be more American, he changed his name to McCloy. He basically it. just, like, abbreviated McAlloy. It sounded yeah. a little bit more American. Yeah. And so since he was the link when my dad came from the Philippines, my dad changed his name to McCloy. Got so both it. my brother and I were born with the name McCloy. But when we turned 18, both of us changed it back to Makaloloi to give, you know, Honor. a homage to the roots. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. was my real name. Got it, got know? it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. What was, like, the programming from your parents? Because I think you took you took completely whole different path, right? Because, I mean, you did the, did you do college thing? I did the whole college thing. You did the thing. college thing. I mean, and I'm, I'm Filipino, man. You yeah, know yeah. how it is. Like, <laughs> go to school, get good grades, go to a and, good college, when, get when a good job. When was the MMA make... life start beginning to happen? And, and kind of take us back to that. Sure, sure. Okay, so I had grown up doing martial arts. And uh, because my brother was so much older than me, he was he was my hero beyond he's 11 years old and he's a black belt Duh. yeah you know he was so good at yeah. he was so good at martial arts he was so good at wrestling he was like popular in high school like you know he was the guy that got all the girls like my brother was just like this god to me growing up he wore adidas okay i wore adidas he wants to grow his hair out okay i'm gonna grow my hair mm-hmm. out so like how a lot of people look up to their dad and i look up to my dad a lot now but growing up, it was always my brother. But to go back to your to your question, like the upbringing, upbringing, the mindset was like, my mom was a nurse, right? Go figure, we're Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom was a nurse. Um, so the, the mentality was always go to school, get good grades so you can go to a good college, right. get good grades in college, you know, you get a good job, make good money, like that kind of formula. Looking up to my brother, the group that I was around, the mentality that I was around, the I almost felt like 
I had an upper hand than everybody in my generation because I had so much in front of me. Mm. I had so much given to me. So like competing at a young age, like I would just like run through all the tournaments, wrestling yeah. tournaments, karate tournaments, because it was supposed to be my destiny to be the champion. And I just felt like head and shoulders above everybody. Yeah, like you guys have been just, training so young right. at an early age because you right. grew up in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. I didn't know anything else. You know, right, right. when I grew yeah. up, the dojo was in the garage. So there was no separation <laughs> between life and martial arts. It was the same. Like, okay, yeah. I'm going up. I'm playing with my Ninja Turtles. Like, yeah. you know, my dad will call me down for dinner. Or like my brother calls me down like, hey, man, we're training now. Like, then you just go in the garage. Right. So for me growing up, that's like, that's all I knew. Right. You know, martial arts was life. So the book itself... And, and, you know, I've, I've been telling myself for years, you know, one day I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a book. And I think I wrote two chapters, and it took everything out of me. <laughs> for sure. Because, cause, dude, <laughs> my past is so ugly and so dark and so painful. And, you know, one, one beautiful thing about hum, human is, like, we're so strong. We're so we strong. And the power of denial is, like, the most beautiful thing, right? Because we use that fucking thing. And it keep us. It, it, we we can survive through almost anything to that thing, right? But you got to be careful. It's a temporary thing. It's like a band aid. But if you you, sure. you use that shit too long, you're gonna be all fucked up, you know. So for me to write deep from within, you got you got to write from the heart, you know. So for me to go there, oh my god, the first chapter fucking killed me. I mean, I cry like ah, and wrote the second chapter, and I stopped. I couldn't do it. You know, because I have to go there. So you, you know what? Though? Take That's... me, take me there, dude. No, okay. take me there. Yeah. Okay. So l let me touch first before I get into the story. Like as a writer, that's actually exactly what you need to do. So I was fortunate to have a friend who was a writer. He he hadn't published a book, but he was a writer. And one of the pieces of advice he told me is he said like, if you're not crying when you write this, the reader's not going to be crying. Or if you're not laughing, they're not going to laugh. And so if your goal was to get them to feel that emotion that you were going through, it's really important for you to actually feel those emotions as you're writing it, which for me as a writer, which is one of the reasons it took me a little over six years to write it is I, as a human being, not as a writer, was still struggling to revisit those feelings. You know, but I needed to do that. And then even as the draft got finished and I would reread the manuscript, me being me, not like my wife, who's probably one of the closest people to me or some of my best friends or my brother. Like, I know because it's me like you're still hiding there, John. You mm -hmm. know, like you're not really telling it how you felt, <laughs> you, you know, like you're telling some stuff, but you're not telling all of it. You know, like how how can you go back and say it? Mm -hmm. So on one hand, it's like. As a writer, how do I craft that? Like the sentence structure, the rhythm, the cadence, and this and that. But as a human being, also being comfortable with laying it out all on the table. Yeah, but I think that's the world needs more of that. I agree 100%, <laughs> which is why I wrote the book. Because but, I don't think there's enough of that. Yeah, and, and, and I think for so long, we kind of, you know, put a band-aid on things. 100%. And I think it's, it's time for us to, I think... Our country needs it, our society needs it, our children needs it, I need it, uh, our community needs it. Yeah, dude, I, I think... Yeah, I mean, like, if you think about it, like you, t you just talk about, like, society puts a Band-Aid on it, right? So say you're sick, the common cold, uh, you know, maybe not everybody has broken their leg like I have, or maybe not everybody's going to go through having cancer or surgery, but, like, at some point, everybody's had a cold, 
right? Common cold, take some Tylenol, whatever your preferred medicine is. That's not an endorsement for Tylenol. That's just <laughs> what happens to be what I take. Um, a leave for me. Right. Okay, see, everybody has their own thing. But what happens is like, if I have a cold, you have a cough, you have a runny nose, you have a fever, whatever it is. Okay, I could put an ice pack on my forehead to kind of alleviate the fever. Or I could stuff some Kleenex up my nose to, you know, withhold the runny nose. Or I could take some lozenges so that I'm not coughing. But am I really getting better? No. I'm just, you know, quote unquote, stopping the bleeding. Like the way you heal from that is you have to take medicine. It starts from inside, you know, and I realized that my healing started inside. And in order for me to help others heal, I need to share what I did to heal. I think the audience or the listener wants to know the darkest hour, you know, cause, cause, you know, cause you haven't, you kind of mentioned it, you know, you broken femur surgery and all that. Okay. And I think what, cause, cause I, I truly believe all the tipping point that, that happened in my life, it happened in despair. hundred percent. It never really happened when I had that bonus check for thousands of, of dollars. Of course or not. when I got the new, Prius in the driveway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's You're not, not like, uh, let uh, me contemplate yeah, life yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know? so, so for me, it's always been like the darkest moment of my life. Okay. And, and so, because I think that's what really inspired you to really become vulnerable, a belief for the first time. Yeah. And, and really begin to kind of, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. I, I'm just going to be me. I need to do this because something deep inside is telling you to do this shit and you can't deny it anymore. So, yeah, fucking walk me through this right. fucking journey. I'm going to walk you yeah, through it. I'm dying to hear this it. shit. I'm going to walk you through it. And and really, that's that's the premise of the book. Um, and even though I walk you through it, like, it's different when I can spend time to, like, dedicate a whole chapter to how I was feeling during this moment, whatever that moment is. So... To take you through, like I talked about my past, I grew up doing wrestling, I grew up doing martial arts, I grew up doing all these things. So I graduate college in 2008. That same year, I also turned pro. There was no amateur MMA at the time. And honestly, even if there was, I probably wouldn't have done it just because in my early 20s, I was really arrogant and cocky. No. In your 20s? Yeah, early 20s? No way. You don't think you're invincible? Yeah. Yeah, so in 2008, I uh, I decided to turn pro. My parents were against it, uh, especially my mom being, you know, Asian parents. Yeah, but yeah. Like her there, go, there goes another male Filipino nurse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just lost another one. <laughs> but you, but you know what? They 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 supported me just because I was stubborn. You know, I think I think uh, the thing that I told my dad was like he was like, I'm not gonna watch you fight. And I'm like, okay, fine. Then you can watch me like once I'm four or five and zero, and then you can start watching. Nah. You know. And so my mom's kind of thing was like, uh, okay, get your degree, give me your degree, and then you can do whatever you want. But I but I want you to have that just in case this yeah. doesn't work out for you, yeah, type yeah. of thing. So up to that point, and like I said, like it was my destiny. We tell ourselves a story of who we are of who we're supposed to be. We have a filter of what's going on in life. We can all be in this room right now. We can all go watch the same movie. We can all go on the same vacation. But our interpretation of what's happening is absorbed through a filter. And that filter is our beliefs, whether we believe in this or that or whatever it is. And so growing up, my, my thought process was always like, my destiny is to be this great world champion. Like I really thought that I was going to be the next Bruce Lee, the next Muhammad Ali, the next whatever it was going to be, you know, of my generation. 
And so I had my pro debut in San Diego the same year I graduated from college. I move home. I feel like I'm supposed to help my brother and, and, and with the family business, the uh, Dragon's Den. Like, that's just my calling. And I have my second pro fight, and I snap my shin completely in half in the first round. Wait, 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 wait. How, how, many, how many minutes in? Maybe two and a half minutes in. Two and a half minutes uh, Exactly what? what A kick? So I, I come up out of a scramble. I switch my stance, southpaw. I'm, I, I fight. I only write with my right. I'm pretty much right-handed. But when I fight, I'm very ambidextrous. I come up southpaw. He's southpaw. I look to throw this big shin kick, which the target nine out of ten times is the thigh. Um, I come in for this kick. He happens to step in and throw a hook to counter it. And my shin basically lands on his hip bone. Mm. I don't know it yet. I literally start to crumble to the floor and it's like a movie. Like literally like the first Matrix when like Trinity jumps up and it's just like, <laughs> and she just like, you know, the camera starts to go around. Yeah, yeah. Like time really slows down, yeah, yeah. you know, which that's a whole nother thing of like the idea of time, right? But time slows down and the first thought I have is like, did you just get knocked out? No, you didn't get knocked out because you're still talking to yourself, you know, but I'm crumpling to the floor, not understanding why I'm crumpling to the floor. I grab onto his leg. I'm like on the floor. I'm holding onto his leg. My, my ears are like by my shoulders. I'm outstretched. And then all of a sudden I feel pain in my leg and I'm not sure what it is. So I basically like look under my armpit and I lift my knee. My, my shin is flat on the floor. I lift up my knee to see what's going on. And the bottom half of my leg is still on the floor. <laughs> I can literally see the shins, both bones, poking at the skin and it was like shock first not even pain just shock like mm. there's no freaking way that's my leg like yeah, yeah. like it's just like that's something you see on youtube or like that's yeah. not that happens yeah. to you yeah yeah you know, it's something you just read about on the news and immediately i'm like yelling like stop the fight stop the fight i broke my leg like it's just an overwhelming amount of emotions yeah and and to be honest with you like as painful physically as it was i dealt with more pain emotionally what mm. happened? I sold like over 150 tickets to the show. Like all my friends and family were there. Like literally everybody was there. I had my wrestling coaches. I had some of my students. I had like mm. my very first like martial arts instructor, like my friends, family, like everybody who I loved was there. They weren't there at my pro debut in San Diego. Why? Because everybody's in the Bay Area. You know? So, so, so here you are, right? A, a son was born into this family where martial art was everything. Right? Everything. Yeah, everything. And, and you fulfill your mother's wish, college educated, mm -hmm. got your bachelor. What, what, what was it, in, by the way? Uh, kinesiology. Okay. Right, study of human oh, body Oh, see, movement. almost be a nurse. Almost. almost. Yeah, no, I was going to go get my PT <laughs> and like, be a physical therapist. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, anyway, so, and here you are, right? Holy shit. Yeah, I felt like this was my, uh, as if it was like my my coming out. This was my real debut. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show everybody, like, I'm meant to be this great champion, you know? And I break my leg, and I can't go anywhere, and everybody watches me fail. And I can't run from it. I can't hide behind the curtains. I can't yeah. do any of that. You I can't just, even walk. I can't even walk. Yeah. I'm literally, I have, to, I have to wait. Yeah. You're I have fucked. to wait for the paramedics to come in to, like, pull me out on a stretcher. And it's just mm -hmm. like... Okay, so, 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 take me through your thoughts, your emotion, the self-pity bullshit 
in the hospital room. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, home. it was, it was yeah, definitely yeah. in the hospital room. Yeah, take room. me all that shit, right? Take me to all that. Blah, you know, all, it's a natural thing. I get it. hundred percent. I've been there. I get it. Yeah, hundred percent. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But take us to that, and take us to that one moment you decide, fuck this. I am not a victim. Fuck this. So I would say the darkest moment was actually uh, in the hospital. It was, you know, they took me to the hospital and like I'm like in and out of consciousness because of all these drugs and whatnot. And I'm just like, where am I? And the self-talk is is loud. Everybody has self-talk. Some people have mastered it. Some have not. But my self-talk was really loud. And it was the whole like, you know, you're you're a failure, John. Like you think you're good, but you're not. Like why yeah. why is he out celebrating? Second and, 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 fight. Second, Second fight. fight. You're yeah. supposed to be this undefeated fighter. You're yeah, fucking yeah. one yeah. and one. Second, dude, yeah. come on, bro. You thought you were good. You're one and one. <laughs> you it's suck. Like, you suck. You know, like whatever destiny you thought you were meant to be, like, is not true. So there was like a lot of that in the beginning. Like the demons were coming out, and there was no escape. I'm in a hospital room by myself. It's obviously not comfortable. You know what I mean? Even before surgery, after surgery, all that. Even when I get home, it's like, you know, the sentencing was like, you can't walk. For a month. Because there's a, t- a titanium rod in your shin, if you put any weight on your foot, your bones will start to shift. Mm-hmm. So you literally have to sit down. Okay. Or, or, or where's, your, where's your girlfriend, fiance, was with you at that time? No. I was okay. single at the time. Single. Okay. I was single at the time. And uh, so then I get home, and yeah. I just feel like I felt like more people were going to come visit me, but they didn't. <laughs> Right, that fucking ego thing. Right, that fucking that, ego. That fucking ego thing. That fucking that ego. Motherfucking thing. Right. Yeah. 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 That tricky. Entitled ass. Fucking, everybody yeah. should come yeah, visit me and that freaking ego throw thing. rose petals at my feet like it's coming know, to America. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So. Yeah. Actually, when I was in the hospital, sneaky little fucker. That thing. Yeah. I know, it's Always sneaky. comes into the back door. I know. It's sneaky little fucker. Yeah. yeah. Like you think you're like like living mindfully and like sneak to the back door. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Guilty, dude. Guilty. For sure. For sure. I think we all are. Yeah. You know, it's part of uh, part of being human, you know? Anyway, so, 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 here you are. No one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. Yeah. I mean, people do, but you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I get it. And, and then the sniffling, the crying at night by yourself. <laughs> yeah, so... My dad actually gave me a book while I was in the hospital. Okay. I didn't read it while I was in the hospital. But he was like, have you read Way of the Peaceful Warrior? And I'm like, ah, I've seen it around the house. I know. <laughs> Kuya read it. Kuya, Kuya means older brother. Like, my brother's name is Jeff, but I always call him Kuya, right? And so now I have nothing to do. My parents actually... So you never, you never was a reader? I was never a reader. I mean, even as a kid, I used to love comics. Yeah, a college graduate, never a reader. No. No, come on. Let's be real. If you've graduated college, don't even don't even fake the funk right now. You know what I mean? Like you're not really yeah, reading. Yeah. I mean, maybe ten percent of you out there read. Like the rest of you are like you know outside of class. No, no, like yo, coming, what happened in the chapter last night? No, no, you you coming back for that because you're a teacher. I am a teacher. Yeah, I'm but ex- I'm just a sub right uh, now. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? So matter. I'm like the uncle. You're coming back. We're gonna talk a whole different subject about education. Whole but, different subject. Yeah, tonight about self discovery. Tonight's about self discovery yeah, for so, sure. So, so let's get back to the self discovery thing. So yeah. Anyway, so so my dad gives me this book, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, and um, for everybody, it's different, right? Like Miyamoto Musashi, right? The great samurai talks about uh, there are many paths to the top of the mountain, but the view is the same. 
And so everybody's book is different. Everybody's moment of clarity is different. Everybody's rock bottom is different. But for me, when my dad gave me that book, it was like when Morpheus gave Neo like the option of choosing which pill. Like, do you want to go back to the Matrix or do you want to see what's on the other side of this curtain? So my dad gave me this book and I wasn't really a reader. Honestly, like in the beginning, like I would read two pages and like fall asleep. Like I just wasn't a reader. I didn't read. I was like, see, at the time I broke my leg. I was 24, about to turn 25 and only read when it was necessary. Oh, I got to pull out some quotes because I have to write this essay. Never for leisure, never for recreation, like solely for school. And I started reading this book and it literally shattered my understanding of reality. Who I was. The story I was telling. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So, so what, what was a specific quote, chapter? Ooh. Doesn't matter. What, what was the message that, that, that you go, oh my God, it just pierced through your heart. You go, fuck, I can't deny this truth. Because before that, you were, the truth was there. You were not ready for it. You, you just deny all of it. Right. But, but, but that night, whatever that was, that chapter, that sentence, whatever that was, fucking pierced your heart and, ooh, I gotcha. Okay, there was, there was, there was, there was a, definitely. True uh, awakening then, I think. There was a moment, um, and it's a quote between uh, Dan. So Dan is the main character. He's also the author of the book, and his mentor uh, in the book, his, his name is Socrates. And uh, I think at one point, and, and the book takes place in Berkeley, he basically goes to Dan and he says, like, where are you? Or something along those lines. And he says, like, I'm here in Berkeley. Well, where's Berkeley? California. Where's California? You know, Go ahead and answer that. Yeah, Where, where's South, California? South of Oregon. Okay. Where's, where's that? Where's Oregon and California? A, a little place in this planet called Earth. Okay. Where's Earth? Um, Some place in the universe. Okay. Where's the universe? I have no fucking idea. That's where I got. <laughs> yeah. I have no fucking idea. That's where it brought me to. The idea that I have no fucking, fucking idea, idea. <laughs> about anything. Wait, wait. And, and you thought you were like this badass. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You thought, okay. You know? And also, like, even growing up as a Filipino first generation, my parents are born in the Philippines. Um, actually, my parents are on opposite sides of the spectrum. But most Filipinos, just like how my, my mom's a nurse, most Filipinos grow up being Catholic. You know, so also that's my second understanding of life through that, that filter. Mm. And so when I got to that point of like, where's the universe? Like, I have no idea. Mm. It gave me this, like, I actually have no idea about anything. And, and, and this is what I tell my daughter and my Gabby, you know, I, I love her. And my, that's my daughter and I love her. Oh, one day you will have a daughter and you mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about. And I tell, and you know, I'm telling her all the time, you know, yeah, you you did one of the hardest things you ever done, which is four years of put up a bunch of bullshit in college. You have no idea why you did what you did, but now it's about you discover what your real purpose in life, why you were born, that kind of a thing. Hundred percent. And and I tell her that because figure that out in your twenties, so therefore it's the rest of your life. Ah. Yeah, you right. you almost like feeling free, you know, but the mm -hmm. self discovery process truly begins when you have to deal with our past. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The 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 pain, the suffering, the trauma. You know the you know the childhood wound, whatever you know, whatever you know. Yeah. I, I, so so it goes there, and then from there, 
that's when begin the journey of asking what's what, why is all this about you know the book and I I, I I don't want to take too much away from the book sure but I want you to share at least I want you to tell me I'm 34 now yes 34 and I'm 55 so and we have many conversation after our ramen session yeah at, definitely. At this, and this couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those conversation was meant for you to ignite more little sparks. The conversation between sure. you, you and your wife more, and the process of self discovery. Mm-hmm. Why is it so important? If we want to live an awakened life, why is it so important? If you don't take that road to self discovery. You will never be truly happy. You will never be truly fulfilled because you are playing a role that is not you. Hmm. And so whatever that role is, fill in the blank, you're doing things that satisfy that role. As this role, playing this character, this is what this character wants. This character wants X amount of money. This character wants to be with this type of girl. This character needs this to be satisfied. But because you're not actually that character, you are actually not fulfilled. You are actually not happy. So on the surface, on your Instagram, on your 50,000 followers, on your 10,000 likes or whatever it is, deep down, you're actually still not happy or fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Now, you can still have that many followers and that many likes and also still be happy and fulfilled. What I'm saying is most people don't take the time to follow that road of self-discovery because it's scary and it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. That's the reason for me writing this book and why it took me so long is because I was very, very important. One of the most important pieces, like there's a lot of elements to this book. There's pictures, there's videos, there's illustrations, there's all this cool stuff that I just love to create as an artist, but as a human being, which is always the common denominator whether I'm practicing martial arts, whether I'm drawing, whether I'm writing, whether I'm having dinner with my wife, doesn't matter what I'm doing, the common denominator is me being a human being. So being a human being, it was very important to be vulnerable, to let people know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. People are scared to go on this journey because nobody talks about it. Well, why is it so hard for men to be vulnerable? Because we've been taught for so long to be that guy, the machismo guy, yeah. the dude who's like, who fucking who, <laughs> who fucking cares? I don't know, but I, everybody I, I, actually, no, 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 but, but it doesn't Bru- matter. I think Bruce Lee is the most vulnerable human being there is. Look at his wife; his wife's actually taller than he is. Yeah, dude, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, right? honestly, mean, Bruce Lee is an awesome human being. I don't know, but but like, like what, like like, what the fuck? Like, why are we? Why are we caught up in this? You know, it's like, okay, so we train jujitsu, you're a martial artist and all that stuff and all that stuff. I, 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 I still baffle that every single little boy, every single little boy somehow get mixed up between being vulnerable, he's powerful and strong and spiritual, right? And the other side is, Right. Non-verbal, pretend you're this, pretend you're that. 
but yeah. I, but I think that's the ego voice, right? So we, that's, yeah, it's one hundred percent the yeah, ego yeah, voice, yeah. right? You know, like I don't know when it started. I haven't done enough research to know when. I mean, it could, it could be just based on how humanity was and the physical specimen about what a male's role was and a female's role was, and then as like technology increase or consciousness increase, we still kind of kept these roles of what a male is supposed to be, what a female is supposed to be. But like at the end of the day, you have both energies in you. Both energies were necessary in order for you to be created, right? So it's a it's it's a balance of the masculine and the feminine. But yeah. it, there's no balance in today's. I don't want to say there's no balance. There are people who are balanced. It's just not as prevalent. A male who's very in touch with his feelings or can be vulnerable or be this and not necessarily have to always play this, I'm super masculine, I'm this warrior, I don't feel fear or whatever it is that a male is taught to be. And so we have so many men growing up feeling like, well, if that's what a male is supposed to be, I'm supposed to be this alpha who doesn't feel fear. I'm supposed to be muscular and I'm supposed to provide. I'm supposed to do all these things and I'm supposed to be this badass, but I'm not that. Then all of a sudden, I don't value myself yeah. because I feel like that's what a male is supposed to be. And if I'm, an, if I'm a male and I'm not that, then what am I? Yeah. So you know? it's, then, it's back to that comparative mind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's a whole different podcast for sure. But But I totally get it. But it's like I want to know what what are you excited about now? Now I, I want to ask you so much, but the answer will be in the book, and like I'm gonna f it all up, so I don't want to do that. Sure. But but like but but me, I went through the same thing. I went through this process of just complete despair, and through this dark part of my life, I realized who am I? What am I? What why am I here? Yeah. Why am I here? All this shit. So when you at the end of that. I had to spend a lot of time alone and cry a lot and yeah. blah, 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 you know. And, and when you come out the other side, you have this, t- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like this, almost freedom. Freedom for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, John, what are you excited about? Now, now, now you're 34. What are you looking forward to? What's, what lies ahead? Like, Honestly, I'm excited for life because... I'm sorry, I'm excited for a lot because of that freedom. There's no longer this, uh, I'm not stuck in a timeline anymore. Wait, wait, because you quit the nine to five. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a substitute teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you, you, you know, you, you're about to spend every fucking penny that you have in your savings, but in this trip, but still yet, you, you, for some reason, for the last 90 days, give you this strength that, you know, who gives a shit? I'm gives gonna figure shit. it out. Yeah, you're gonna figure it out. Yeah, right? because you know what? Like, like, there's this thing, right? Being a millennial, I would say I'm at the higher end of what millennials are, right? But like, everybody's heard the phrase like, "You only live once," right? Like YOLO. It's actually the opposite. You only die once. You actually live every day. That's true. <laughs> right? You live every day, but only if you choose. <laughs> and are you really living life, or are you just like floating through it? Are you just following the timeline? I need to have a degree by this age. I need to be married by this age. I need to have kids by this age. And you're following a program. But are you really living life? Are you really like stepping out of your comfort zone? Are you really like just like doing things out of the box? Are you, are you pushing yourselves? Are you like, it's really like you don't get to do it over. You don't get to do it yeah. over. And it's okay to make mistakes. I think everybody's so afraid to make mistakes. That's why they stay in their comfort zones. I have to, I'm just going to stay in this job because I know that it's going to pay the bills and I'm going to be able to live here and I can provide for my family. So I'm just going to keep doing this, Yeah. you know, but like life is really on that other side, just like it's on the other side of self-discovery. 
you know, like, you know, to go back to that theme, my cousin, who's probably like 20 years older than I am. So I would go to him as if he was like almost my uncle. Like, yeah, you're my cousin, but like, I'm going to you like as a, like That's you're my me. mentor. Right. Exactly. 55. Exactly. Um, and when Don't I was telling him, 55. when I was telling him about the book and like what I went through and how breaking my leg was both the worst thing that ever happened to me and the best thing that happened to me. Um, one of the things that I took away from our, from our brunch was he said, you can't mold cold steel. You can't, you need the fire. You need the heat. You need to beat that piece of steel down in order for it to change form. So we have to go through those moments of despair. But like you said earlier, some people take that fire and they walk down that road of self-discovery and they come out on the other side and they're free. They feel this sense of freedom, the sense of joy, the sense of happiness and gratitude and contentment that they want to share with everybody because it feels so damn good. But not everybody takes that opportunity. Not everybody uses that fire to reshape their form, reshape their steel because they're too scared. Oh man. And, or they, or they stay stuck in ego of like, why me? I could have done that. I could have broken my leg and just complained the whole time. Why me? Oh, why is this happening to me? Oh, it's never going to be the same. And I'm never going to be a champion anymore. And I could have even quit fighting after that, you know? And then what happens? The fire eventually dies down. That steel is the exact same shape that it was. Fortunately, I was able to have people give me things like books or whatever, or I was just ready for this knowledge. And it, and it, it inspired me to go on this journey to find those answers of who am I? Why am I here? What is life? What is the purpose of life? Who is God? What is God? Like everything. Like, let me just, like I said, like, you know, when you were talking about Wade the Peaceful Warrior and what things stuck out to me, it was when he asked him like, well, where is the universe? And he was like, I don't know. It was literally those three words. I don't know. Coming into it with a white belt, white belt mentality, with a beginner's mindset, I basically now looked at life saying, I don't know anything. Whatever I thought I knew, I need to find out. Maybe it is true, but maybe it isn't. You know, versus saying like, no, this is just how life is. This is what my mom told me. This is what my dad told me. This is what society told me. This is what my teachers told me. This is what the president told me. This is what my pastor told me. No, pause, remove all your filters, and revisit life. What is it? What have people learned over the years? You know, study different cultures, study different religions, listen to different people, listen to different podcasts, do things that you wouldn't do because you need to really understand where you fit in, in the picture. So now at 34, what do you know? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> no, I know. No. For what you know, with absolute at 34, here's what I know. I can tell you what I know at 55. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I agree with you. The more you... The older you get, the more you were like, you don't know shit. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> at 55, I'm dumb as shit. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah. That's the truth. For sure. Um, yeah. So that's awesome you recognize that at 34 because that means you, you're going to absorb a lot more because at 34, I didn't have those lens. Yeah. I, I don't have those lens as a, in my 50s. Lao Tzu was yeah. a big uh, influence on that mentality. Fucking Chinese. Fuck yeah, that. actually, it was first Wayne Dyer. I'm, I'm a huge Wayne Dyer fan. That's my dad's favorite author. Um, but that's how I discovered Lao Tzu was through reading Wayne Dyer. Um, and uh, he has, I mean, a lot of quotes. You can pretty much quote anything he says. You might as well just hit record if that guy's ever talking. But uh, he said, uh, he who knows 
does not speak, he who speaks does not know, you know? So I only know what I know and what I do know may change because my understanding may change. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. At age 34. Yep. What do you know absolute right now that you're going to do for the rest of your life at age 34? Absolute truth. Absolute truth. That you, you're going to do for the fucking the rest of your life, Mr. John. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Macadamia nut yeah, pancakes. Mac- yeah, that's right. Yep. Your I'm absolute a, truth. Yeah, absolute truth is whatever you, it is that I do. Yeah, for the rest of your life. Yep. This is my absolute truth. John. Yep. This is, yep. you know what? This is what I understand is my absolute truth. My absolute truth is that I know I'm here for two reasons. And that's one, to fully embrace this miracle this uh, unexplainable experience that we call life. And the second is to help people get to that first thing. (laughs) (laughs) See rule one. (laughs) Yeah. Get back to number one. Because I feel like people aren't fully living life because they're so caught up in how they're supposed to live life or what they're supposed to do or how I'm supposed to live. And they're not what you said earlier, free. So like, you know, in the beginning when I watched The Matrix, like, it was so cool to want to be Neo, right? Like, you're the one. You're the chosen one. But, like, I actually think it's really cool to be Morpheus, to, like, wake people up. And that's what I want to do with anything that I do, whether it's writing books, whether it's teaching martial arts. And you can ask any of my, student, any of my students back in the Bay Area, like, the way I teach martial arts, like, I'm not really trying to teach you how to kick. I'm not trying to teach you how to guard pass. I'm not trying to teach you how to slip and roll and, you know, set them up for this punch or how to set up your takedown. Like, yeah, I'm teaching you those things. But really, that's just like ah, a way for me to, like, teach you my understanding of life. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to write this book is because I felt like I was limited with my reach. If I was Mm. only in the martial arts world, I can only touch people who loved martial arts. But I could write this book and someone else who doesn't even care for martial arts can read this book and pick Mm -hmm. up from it because what I know in my 34 years on this planet is that everything is one. Everything is not the same, but everything is one. Everything is energy. Everything is, everything is the same. The way I wash the dishes is the exact same way that I write my name is the way I write my book is the way I pass someone's guard is the way I throw a punch is the way I dance is the way I cook because it doesn't matter what I'm doing, the common denominator is that I'm human, it's that I'm a human being. And so if I can focus on my human beingness, my human essence, and I can evolve that part of me and the denominator grows, the, numina- the numerator will always grow. So like my focus right now is regardless of where I'm at, whether I'm speaking on a podcast, whether I'm writing a book, whether I'm teaching martial arts, it's to help whoever I'm talking to or whoever I'm working with evolve as a human being, not necessarily as a jujitsu practitioner or a fighter or a student or whatever it is, because if I can help you become a human being, better, better human being, a more authentic version of yourself, a better version of yourself, then everything you're going to do is automatically going to be better. And if you're living a life that's free and happy and fulfilled and you're feeling gratitude and you just want to give, that's what I feel. I just want to give. Okay, so what's the first two steps towards that? First step, 100%, is self-discovery. Okay. And and the first step in self-discovery is question the answers. 
Okay. Question, question, question what you know to be real. Okay. You know, like, so, so, so let me ask you this. What do you think, what is your calling for your life? My calling for my life is to make a difference through my word. Okay. I realize that. To your word or your actions? Uh, both. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, hundred, no, that's, that's really good. <laughs> no, no, really. Both. Sorry. I spent a lot of years in corporate world, so. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's really good. No, for sure, for sure, both my word and my actions. The thing, the, the thing, the things. Now that we're I do. talking. Now yeah. we're talking. No, a hundred percent. All right, all um, right, all right, all right. But I realized, like, so growing up, my favorite Marvel character was Wolverine, mm-hmm. right? And it was always cool because he had like these claws, and he was like this badass fighter. And I think I just like really liked him because he was like super short. He was like five two or five three or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, this dude's super short, but he like jacks everybody up, like. I totally relate to that. You know what I mean? Like, so like as a kid, it was always about his fighting ability. And then as I got older, I realized actually his mutant power isn't his fighting ability or his claws. His mutant ability is his ability to heal. Like that's how he was actually able to have this adamantium. Right. And so I realized that like I got really good at martial arts and I thought that martial arts was like my talent, my mutant ability. Mm. But actually the reason I got really good at martial arts was my ability to like learn and teach. Mm. And I felt like, okay, my gift was actually so my- you, you, so, so you really, you're like a medium. A medium. Yeah, medium. You're, yeah. You're like- that's Bridge space. the gap. I'm yeah, here to yeah. bridge the gap. You're, you're the bridge. I'm the bridge. You're the bridge. I'm the bridge. Oh. I'm not the answer. I'm not yeah. the question. I'm just the bridge. See, self-discovery. Self-discovery. You figure out your bridge. Yeah. That's all I'm here to do is connect the dots. Okay, what is the purpose of human existence? Why the fuck all of us and eight billion of us fucking eight wow. billion walking around all day long? Easy, Dalai Lama. What the fuck are we doing, dude? What the what's the purpose behind all this bullshit? Whatever I answer right now, before I answer. No, no, no. You're gonna answer right now. I'm gonna answer right now. I'm gonna answer right now. But I'm gonna tell you right now. Back when you're 55, but you know what? I'll be dead already. But at 55, but you're gonna listen to your own shit when you're 34. It's gonna be funny as shit. Yeah. Because I was 34 once. Okay. But here's the mm, thing, and here's the disclaimer. You're way ahead of me, dude. No, here's the disclaimer. My answer right now at 34 yeah. may be different at 55. Fuck yeah, it better be. It, okay, exactly. It better be. And so for all the listeners, I'm they should know that. I'm gonna kick you. Yeah, for of all course the, they for, are. They, no, they, they should because most people will say like, well, this is how I've always thought. This is how it's always been. You know, and people are afraid to change because they're so caught up in what they think. You know, but that always changes. That's true. You know, but, not, but a lot of people are scared of change. No, no. Listen. But I'll go back to your answer. I'll no, still no, answer no, no, it. No, 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 John. The whole idea is like, listen. The whole part of self-discovery is become awakened. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you become awakened. So if you're a awakened human being, of course, you're not going to repeat. Fool me one. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. I, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, yeah, whatever. One of those mm-hmm. things. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Fool me one, shame on you. Yeah, yeah, Fool yeah, me yeah. twice, shame yeah, on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know. In case you guys didn't know who are yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah. So, so, back to that question. Back to that question. What's the purpose of human existence? Ooh, human existence. So before it was, what's the purpose of life? And then you change it to, what's the purpose of human existence? Those are actually two different questions. Answer them both, baby. All right. Well... If we are life, right, these plants that are here in the shop, like they're their exact same 
life essence that we are, same as the waves or the rocks or whatever it is. Now we're just kind of getting in a different direction. But I think that at 34 years of life, the purpose of life is not only to expand and elevate consciousness, but to also enjoy the process. Because I think as human beings, we're always focused on the result. It's not really about that. I, uh, when, you, when you talked about, you asked me a question the other day. I don't know if it was when we had ramen or we were here, sitting here at the no, shop. No, we were sitting at the shop. <laughs> and you asked, me, you asked me about like, uh, kind of like, what's your, what's your purpose or what do you feel like? What you said, what, what was your answer? Like, you know, I was like, oh, i searching for my purpose or whatnot. And there was a quote. I actually don't know who quoted it who quoted it, but it's, and I'm probably chopping it up, but it's something along the lines of like to plant seeds, knowing you will never sit under the shade of its tree. You know, and people talk about if you think you can dream up a dream and you'll see it in your lifetime, it's not a big enough dream. I think the purpose of life itself is simply for the sake of experiencing it. That, I mean, Carl Sagan said, we are the universe experiencing itself, like everything. Like life is just manifesting into all these different things to experience itself in different ways, whether it's a wave that's coming into form or a shark that's swimming through the ocean or that plant that's giving us oxygen or us that's creating this kekoa and spreading mindful vibes, you know, and good energy and just, you know, whatever it is, it's creating all these different outlets to express itself and I think our purpose as human beings not just life because while I hold myself at the exact same value as that plant or those trees outside or whatnot one thing that I have different than them is consciousness and my level of consciousness and my ability to think and my ability to make a difference and make an impact and so I feel like part of it is that growing consciousness so that we become more aware as humanity, as life itself, and live more harmoniously. But in the process, enjoy the fuck out of what you're doing. I had a great time writing this book. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it was hard to deal with the human emotions. But as an artist, I had fun. I, I had a great time, like, you know, figuring out how to use Photoshop so that I can edit photos and, like, turn it into a comic just for the sake of, like, I loved comics as a kid, you know, or like going on that journey within and like, why don't I have an illustrator come in, you know, and, and, and draw some stuff. And it, wouldn't it be cool if literally all my ideas for this book started with, wouldn't it be cool if <laughs> not how much is it going to cost me? How long is it going to take? But it was like, if I have full reign over this, I'm going to self publish. I'm going to do it myself. Like, wouldn't it be cool if. Like people like pose those hypothetical questions. If you had all the money in the world and you didn't have to work anymore, what would you do with your life? Well, this is what I would do. If you could write your own book and you didn't have any rules and you didn't have to follow what it is that's to write a book, how would you make it? So this book is about self-discovery. Right. The name of the book is called Exit the Dragon. Right, Exit the Dragon. You, you have a, a second book? Ah. Uh, oh, not not even near. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes maybe. and no. There's yes there's a no. few ideas. There's a few okay, ideas. Okay. So so what what would be the name of it? This one, Exit the Dragon. The other one's Crossing uh, the Lion. Nah, 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 <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> no, but I do love lions because I'm a Leo. Um, no. Ah, uh, because I don't I don't know what the next book is yet. 
I'm 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 a big like I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of ideas okay. of different okay, okay, different okay, okay, things okay, that okay, I want to okay. write. But um, fuck you, you gotta come back and yeah, come back next podcast, next podcast. You know what I mean? Cuts okay. commercial break. You gotta get yeah, them wanting yeah, more, right, yeah, Dewey? Yeah. Come on. What do you think your truth is? What is my truth? Yeah. What is your truth? You can that I back. am. You can come back and no, no, answer I'll, that next I'll, one. No, I'll tell, I'll tell you right now. At thirty-four, <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> at thirty-four, that I'm still in the process of learning. Okay. Meaning, okay. So say I'm a purple belt in jujitsu. I would say my understanding of jujitsu is above average. Am I close to the whole? No. Can I share what I know? Yes. So I am always a student of the game, just like I am a student of life. But my understanding, my truth, is currently that I am I am paradoxically everything and nothing. I am both the creator and the created. Like, that is the paradox that sometimes, like, drives me crazy because then I'm, like, so much in my head and my understanding and, like, the visceral understanding of life that sometimes I don't act. I'm, I'm overthinking. But I am both. Like, I have to remind myself and I get caught up so much of just being John and what John is here to do and this oh, and I that. Think, I think we're more than two-dimensional. We're, right. We're multi-dimensional. You know, and so, like, yeah. it's everything, you know? Like, we're, we're, my, my biggest truth, my biggest truth, we are all one. Mm, and I okay, feel like okay, the, okay. The, the biggest struggle that the yeah. biggest problem we have is we've forgotten that. Okay, so the best part of the podcast is the last section. You get to ask five any question you want, any Ooh. fucking thing you want, whatever you want. Five, five only, and I cannot ask you the same question. You can't ask me the same question. Yeah, in other words, you, you ask me what's my favorite color. I cannot go back to what's your favorite color. I cannot do. I mean, that's a boring question, though. Yeah, I know that, but, but you ask <laughs> any five questions, any fucking thing you want. Last five, five and five only. All right, first question. Do I get to ask both of you, or do I just? Yeah, ask? fucking anything. Okay. Yeah, you right, can well, ask Brett. You can ask me whatever. Okay, so okay, my first question to yeah. both of you guys, same question yeah. is, why did you start to create this podcast? Right, you better answer that one because it's your idea. <laughs> I, I just I wanted to get the message of Kakoa out there because, um, you know, we have so many crazy conversations that go down in this space from all walks of life. And I really wanted people to, people on the outside too that don't live in Hawaii or don't get to meet us in person to like, just kind of get like what we're about, you know, like the crazy moments, the inspirational moments the ups and the downs and everything in between. And um, that's why I, I push so hard for this. And so far, it's it's been a pretty fun journey. Today, the self-discovery episode was very was very inspirational. Your question is? About the podcast. Like, what was the... I'm uh, assuming it's the same line, but... I mean, I fell in love with Joe Rogan about, I think, 19... I moved to California, I think, 1999 or 2000. And, you know, I... Before that, I was living in Mahinahina in Maui in tiny little fucking neighborhood where we would lock our doors and everybody run around in Maui, West Maui. And yeah, you, everybody knows everybody and you know, lock your doors and it's, it's Maui living. And um, I took a job. I got to be a corporate office, so I have to do a lot of driving. So I think I drove like about 45 minutes an hour a day. And my son is a 
geeky tech guy. I'm not. So I discovered a podcast and discovered Joe Rogan. And I fell in love with podcasts. And Brett always thought exactly what he said. Like, hey, you know, because he, he, he instrumentally, um, visually, emotionally connect with the audience through his photography and his message. And, um, and so he goes, we should tell the Kikoa story. And I'm like, fuck, fuck we got nothing. <laughs> There's a way better story out there. But it was until we did our first shooting in this exact table. There was Archie here. It was him. And I was on the, and, and, and Jinky was there, the hammock. And I was watching these two guys just talk about life itself. And for the first time, I, I saw what Brett vision was. Like, for the first time, we could have real conversation about anything and everything that hopefully create some kind of a inspiration, some kind of a hope, some kind of a aha moment mm-hmm. for everyone out there. And I thought, oh my God, just because I try to write a blog, which I'm, you know, I'm an immigrant. I moved here when I was 11 years old, so English is not my thing. I relate, <laughs> I relate to you because you are my son, mm-hmm. my Nicholas and my Joshua, you know, firstborn in the country. And I am your father mm-hmm. in, in some ways. So f- so I never felt I have anything to, to say. But for Brett, he goes, no, you don't understand. You know, I believe in this brand. I believe in what we're doing. And that photo, everything, everything you see in this space is his creation. And this guy named Nicholas Hermson, these two gentlemen are creative genius. Yeah, and and they really helped launch the brand when Aubrey and I decided to do this thing. So for the podcast, it was more about sharing our heart and soul, mm. and and what we've been through, and it's not easy. Um, uh, the good thing is we have each other. Now we have you. We have Jacks. We have the nine thousand whatever we have on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Nine thousand. I have friends that have like whatever, and I have nine thousand. Oh, we have nine thousand. But I'm so proud because the family. They're not just. You should be proud, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. That, to me, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. To me, they're they're more than just um, followers. Anyway, so yeah, that's why. Okay. Awesome. Go ahead. Question right. number two. Question number two. I actually you want... suck at asking questions, by the way. No, man. I do. You, you suck at answering them I with know. your long-winded freaking like, tangent qu- I know, answers. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. No, I, 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 it's, it's, it's actually a good lead into a second question, right? Because like, I didn't start following Keikoa because I knew Archie was part of Keikoa. Yep. It just happened to be that he was. Somehow, the universe, right, works its magic and you know, energies collide because you're on the same frequency. Um, and so I started following Kikoa because I felt like it was very like-minded. The, I, don't, I don't surf. I would love to get into surfing, but like the, the jujitsu, the yoga, the travel, the mindfulness, like how it was like, I, I really felt like it was all linked. And I've always known that surfing is also linked to that. I just haven't surfed yet. So. Yet. 
Yet. Oh, actually, okay, when I lived in San Diego, I surfed for a little bit, but like I was totally into MMA at the time. So like, no, I just, yeah, yeah. if I have free John. time, what am I going to do? I'm going to just Next summer, you're yeah. surfing with us. Yeah. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah. Okay, so what is your mission at Keikoa? Me? It's obviously beyond. Wait, wait, wait. Dewey, 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 is that what you're asking? Yeah. Dewey, Dewey, Dewey. mission. What, what's your, what, what, why, why, what, what is the purpose of Keikoa? What do you want to do with it? Like what? What is the, what is the goal? Uh, I, 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 a goal at the beginning was inspire others to really to live a conscious life because I think, I mean, okay, we're gonna go a little deep. Yes. Um, you you, you look at all you you look at all the hurt in the world in our country. You look at all the ugliness. Um, it comes back to. Hurt human hurts other, right? And that's what I think. So I'm thinking if we create a brand, a movement, it's called Mindful Living, where we become awakened, just like you said earlier. If I'm an awakened human, I live a conscious life. I don't know any conscious human hurt others. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I love deeply. We love deeply. I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, without without Dewey, when I first met Dewey, he was literally on the exact opposite. Frequency of energy. When I met him, he was super excited. Like, yo, like, you better come to ramen. Like, I literally just met this guy. You better come to ramen. Like, you're going to miss out if you don't go, right? Completely different mm, pace of energy. However, the authenticity of what he just said is what I felt from the very first moment. That he loves deeply. He knew nothing about me. Other than I had just flew in, James introduced me, he knew my name, he knew I was a friend of Archie. That is extremely superficial things. But the way he treated me was if I was his brother from Vietnam who had just come to Hawaii for the first time and he's been living in Hawaii. This is the best ramen, these are my friends that I'm with, we just got done surfing, come hang with us. Dude, John, less than 16 hours later, I woke up to a text. Somebody I've known. Who I was like, he was 23 years old, I think. He's 42 now. Died in his sleep. I haven't spent four hours in the ocean for a long time. Today, I surfed, I surfed. The pain didn't go away. for living <laughs> knowing that Chris he was 22 or 23 years old kid of my life I was maybe 14 15 years older he lived his life just like you John in its own term he figured it out he opened his own surf shop 
You were not going to work for the man. Fuck it. He's going to do what he's love. He was going to be a community <laughs> in South Beach, <laughs> Miami. <laughs> he did that. <laughs> it's been four hours today. <laughs> Couldn't understand it. But meeting you, doing this podcast, dude, you're on your way. You live life in your own term, and you could be a service for humanity. You choose a life of service. I love you, Dewey. I love you too. I'm sorry. Oh man. Thank you, Busan. Allow me to have that time with Dinger today. Dinger, I'll see you soon. I love you. Dude, sorry, man. I didn't know that you'd lost somebody. 42. But the one thing that we can take away from this is that ultimately we're all going to die someday. Yeah. And you have to live your life to the fullest. Don't just live to make an extra dollar to make a dollar and then save that dollar for a rainy day and when you get too old or something happens you get sick and maybe you know worst case scenario you pass away before you experience all the cool things in life i think that's what we can take away as well is that you know through adversity and stuff we find the self-discovery and realize what we are meant to do in this world and that's not to work just for the sake of working Work for a goal, work for so that you can experience amazing things and just live your life to the max because each day is a blessing and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So live for the now and live to the max. So that's us signing off for tonight. A bit more of a serious note, but. I think that we will show how, how authentic we are here at Cocoa and that we're passionate about not only our friends and family, but the mission and our mindful living. So, um, yeah, thank you for joining us. John, thank you. Thank you, guys. Amazing thank story. You. Thank you for listening. Those of you uh, that are listening. His book, Exit the Dragon. Um, how can we pick that up? Uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can type in my name, Jonathan McAlloy. Or the book itself, Exit the Dragon. Uh, you can also go to my website, uh, johnmackalloy.com. But you probably don't know how to spell that, so just go on Amazon, <laughs> Exit the Dragon. <laughs> I, I will, I will personally, I will personally put a link um, in the description, not only on how to spell his name, but the name of the book, so that if you are interested, um, and and just be inspired, you know, support support another. Um, you know, person in the lifestyle, the jiu-jitsu, MMA, Muay Thai, boxing, martial arts lifestyle. But yeah, thank you, folks. Episode four, looking forward to it. We're, uh, we're going to be recording that next week. And we are dropping this podcast on October 1st. So by the time you hear this, we will be live. So thank you very much and good night. <laughs>